Welcome to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others, hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever-demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Too Smart for This with me, Alexis Barber. Today we have Balanced by Crystal on the podcast. She is a registered nurse and is studying to be a nurse practitioner and is the creator of Balanced by Crystal, the Instagram, which is such a great account. Please go follow her. She's literally so aesthetically pleasing. I'm obsessed. And we talk at all things about how what she experienced as a nurse during the pandemic, how she has started to ground herself and take care of herself and build balance into her daily life, as well as her natural hair journey and how she realized she was beautiful after growing up in a predominantly white area for most of her life and how she cut off her hair three years ago and started her natural hair journey. And that led to a whole entire unlocking of herself, which was beautiful. So please take a listen, enjoy, follow Crystal on Instagram at Balance by Crystal, and be sure to rate, review the podcast and tag me if you are listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. Let's get into the episode. All right. Welcome, Crystal. I'm so excited to have you on to talk all things wellness, all things the medical system, and to learn more about you. This is like our first time to sit down and chat. I know, right? Nice to meet you on virtual. (laughs) Literally. I was um, so touched when you sent me the cute video of the cheers last night on (laughs) Instagram DM, I was like, this is my friend. I feel like I was like, I felt like we were having a moment. Like you didn't know we were having a moment. So I had to just let you know and, you know, cheers. It was Thursday. Well, it was fabulous. <laughs> I mean, it was Thursday. I was supposed to have a three-day weekend, but we're here. We're, we're chilling. Here. Let's go. And I love to see it. So could you tell everyone who may not know you a little bit about who you are and how we met? Yeah. Um, so I'm Crystal. Uh, I'm 26 years old. I'm from Boston. Well, I say I'm from Boston, but I'm like from the suburbs, 45 minutes outside mm-hmm. of Boston, but went to school out of state. So I just always, it was a lot easier to just say I was from Boston. Um, so I'm a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for like four years or so. I went to UConn um, and now I work as a full-time nurse and I'm also in graduate school to become a nurse practitioner, which I have one more year of school for that left. Um, But more so how we met, I actually forget how we like first connected on I don't remember either. I really don't. I just remember I was like, oh, she's black (laughs) and she's in wellness. So I was like, I'm going to follow her. And your content (laughs) has blown me out of the park, honestly, with how (laughs) it's so good. So sweet. Um, so yeah, if you don't know me, I'm, my page is Balanced by Crystal. Um, I made the page like a year, not even a year ago, maybe like eight months or so ago. I actually made it like right before like George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey, like the Black Lives Matter movement. And then that all mm-hmm. happened. And I kind of like deleted my Instagram and social media for a little while mm-hmm. for lots of reasons. And then went back into it like late July, June, early July. 
Um, and that's when I kind of started to like post regularly and everything, but enjoying like kind of the health and wellness community. But mm-hmm. I made my page, I would say, just because like I've always had a passion for fitness, for health and wellness. There were definitely times in college where that was totally disordered and unhealthy. But in the past, and even a couple of years after college, to be honest, but I think the past year or so with the pandemic, which has kind of been a blessing in some ways, um, mm-hmm. I kind of found the joy in like healthy eating, intuitive eating, mindful movement that brings you joy and doing to like not shrink your body, but celebrate your body um, and just like doing things for me and doing all of that while also working full time and being cool and being busy as ever. You can mm-hmm. also do things for you to make yourself happy. And I just kind of wanted to share that. Yeah, I mean, the world of people that also cared about that type of thing. So it's a unique experience um, because I think for most of us, what we've done in the pandemic is we've all been working from home. But you're a nurse, so clearly you still are working. So what what was it like to be a nurse in the pandemic? And take me back to like those early days of when everything was starting. Like, what were you going through? Oh my god, that's. That's a heavy question. Yeah. <laughs> um, March, April, and May were probably like the hardest months I've ever been yeah. through because the anxiety of like going into work and not knowing what the hell was going on. Because if you think about it, like I remember for the first couple of weeks, like at work, all the healthcare workers were saying, we wanted masks, we wanted all this equipment, the PPE the CDC or our hospital leadership was telling us we didn't need it yet. So we were going for weeks, you know, without PPE at first. And then finally, and I also work in, so I work in a surgical area. Um, So I work in the PACU. So it's patients after surgery in the recovery Mm -hmm. room, Um, but they all like go up to floors or ICUs afterwards. Um, But we stopped doing surgeries in like late March, early April. We do normally 130 surgeries a day. We went to doing like 10 um, because there was no space in the hospital to put these patients because they were all COVID patients. So we all got transferred to COVID ICUs. So I worked in a COVID ICU for probably two months. Um, I'm very lucky that, I, I mean, I wasn't there for that long. Like there were nurses that are still there. There are nurses that were there for like six months. Um, but I mean, it was terrifying just working in a pandemic. I actually don't really even have words for it. It's like hard to, like, there's it's hard to go back that. to. Yeah, I was gonna say to go it's something that I can't imagine, especially because it's you probably witnessed so much death in, in yeah. an unprecedented way where yeah. you can't be with a family, and it's like the trauma I think that everyone has collectively, like tried to ignore mm-hmm. um was something you were seeing like up close and personal which yeah. is so is that did that sort of feeling catalyze your choice to start building balance into your own life or did it come from something else no it totally came from that because I was I like I remember I could not sleep like I'm known to be a great sleeper I can sleep in any <laughs> moment but I remember I could not sleep through the night. I would wake up like every hour in the middle of the night. I, my anxiety, like I never really considered myself to be like an anxious person. Like everyone has anxiety in some ways, I think in certain situations, but like I, my anxiety was like through the roof. I would have like heart palpitations at work. 
I could not sleep, could not eat. Like it was, so that was really what emphasized like me needing to like kind of zone in and like figure out how I can make this okay for Crystal. So finding ways to do that, which came from exercise, came from journaling, came from taking time for me, um, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, a big thing wow. was realizing that like my free time didn't equate to like my availability to others. So I spent a lot of time just alone, gathering my thoughts, journaling it out. I never really journaled up until a year ago. But it's so mm-hmm. therapeutic and I love it so much. Um, yeah. For sure. And See, moving my body to point. like bring myself happiness. Yeah, that yeah. two things in there. Like you had a great quote of my free time does not equate to my availability to others. So oh, like huge. Period. That's huge. Point <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. and so when it comes to the others in your life, like what's your do you live alone? Like where do you do you live near family? This is literally a personal question. I'm just asking. No, no, no you're fine. Know. Actually I have a roommate. Um she is one of my closest friends from high school. So that's been awesome. Yeah, we've lived together for two years now. We're both nurses. She works at a pediatric hospital. I work with adults. We're Mm -hmm. also both in grad school. So we both kind of have, we're both working full-time. We're both in grad school part-time. We both worked through a pandemic. So I feel like we, we like get what we can do. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. I think it would have been a lot different if I lived with literally anyone else what this past year would have been like I love that for you and so for you um in addition to you having like a good support system wellness movement food is important to you so could you tell me of your story of how long you've been interested in that how you got into it and what led you to want to start an Instagram to talk about it uh yeah definitely um so I don't know I've always had a passion for like fitness like I've always played sports growing up um played sports throughout college I've just always been like an active person um I don't know wait can you repeat the question again that's beautiful I I was just saying how how has movement like played in your life you mentioned you were might maybe a little bit obsessive with it in college and then now you have a more balanced approach so walk me through that journey yeah I definitely think in college I was still I went through bouts of like disordered eating I was also in a I was in a sorority which I love my sorority I love my friends from the sorority that I made but that is tough on a girl's perceptive yes. of themselves. I, like I just got off of another podcast recording where we went over that. Were like, you in a white sorority? I was. I was one mm-hmm. of two black people, I think, in my sorority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A minority in my sorority. Um and I I do love my sorority and I my some of my best friends are from my sorority, but the pressure that I think I felt as one being black to being not like super skinny and I don't know it was just it was just a lot of pressure it was a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and is. yeah and like you know kind of like the drinking and the frat parties and maybe feeling like I wasn't good enough in that sense mm-hmm. being surrounded by people that were just honestly just so beautiful and 
thin and able-bodied. Um, and I think, and then even outside of college, those thoughts kind of just like persisted with me. But I think, I really think the past year is when I realized, I don't know what the trigger was, if I'm being honest, but mm -hmm. I realized that like my body is the least interesting thing about me. And I love that. And I decided to love me for me and not to stop comparing myself to others and realizing that like I'm beautiful and I don't have to look a certain way to be defined as beautiful. I'm beautiful in my own way. So <laughs> let's unload that. Let's talk <laughs> about your natural hair journey. So you say the catalyst oh, yeah. for you for the catalyst. Yeah. Let's talk about it. And when did you cut off all your hair? So I cut it off actually three years ago, mm -hmm. but I think that was the catalyst from like a journey of accepting myself mm -hmm. for who I am. Cause I relaxed my hair literally, I think since I was like 12. Um, and I'd always, I'd always had family members like cousins and such that entertained the idea of like, Oh, you should grow out your natural hair. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh no, I can't, I won't fit in with all my friends. And oh, boys won't think I'm pretty and yeah. all this other like negative self-talk. And then I think like three years ago, I was like, F it, I am beautiful no matter what. And that's what I remember crying so much. I cried so hard before I did it. Mm -hmm. um, I remember doing it like in my bathroom in a mirror. I started cutting off all my hair. The drama. But it was actually, I wish I recorded it. Mm -hmm. I was, I, it was a beautiful moment. And I've like never looked back. And I think that was definitely like a catalyst for me, like choosing me. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that always says like, just choose you no matter what, choose again, because choose yourself. And I think that was a huge moment mm -hmm. where I did just that. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. I'm glad. So for you, you said you'd relaxed your hair your whole life. You're in a white whole sorority, life. which like will increase that a lot too. But did you grow up in a predominantly like white environment? I did. I grew up in Westboro, Massachusetts. Great town. Very grateful to grow up there. Um, but definitely predominantly white. All my friends were white. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that, though, at mm. all. I feel like... Well, how I could you be? You can't be ashamed. Of, yeah. <laughs> That's just your yeah. life. That's just my life. And, like, my parents came here from Haiti when they were like 18 and absolutely kicked butt and raised two kids. Um, and they came from absolutely nothing, mm -hmm. like nothing. And they're, my dad's an engineer and my mom's a nurse. Like they're so successful. Mm -hmm. They put me and my brother through like all the sports and extracurricular activities growing up, helped us pay for college. Like mm -hmm. they, and they're doing, they're just doing so well. And I'm so proud of them. And obviously my life's goal is to make them proud for all the hard work that they did to like raise me and my brother. Mm -hmm. I remember my mom would work like three jobs and yeah, it was, it was crazy, but they always made a point to make sure that we never felt like we were like lesser than the people that we were growing up with. That's I good. think that's really beautiful and awesome. That's um, true. Yeah. Absolutely. But did you grow I'm actually curious. Did you grow up in a predominantly white um, 
down? It's very complicated. Um, I'm oh. mixed. So <laughs> my, I have a, my white family yeah. who primarily raised me, who's like pretty conservative um, Trump supporters. And then I have mm. my black family and I don't really know. I don't know my father, but when I say black family, I mean like my stepfather's fam- family. And so I grew up for the first half of my life in a 2000 person town where everybody was white. And like, it was very weird. And then moved to St. Louis where I lived in like a pretty bad neighborhood for the rest of my life and then went to boarding school um, and a predominantly Asian boarding school. So very oh. back and forth, lots of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but it was predom- after after um, elementary school and from middle school to high school, it was predominantly white and Asian, but predominantly very wealthy. So that at, mm. at Northwestern and at my high school, that's probably what the yeah. biggest thing was. It wasn't like the race played a part. Like I didn't know – I was pretty like until I went to college, <laughs> like because yeah. it's like white and Asian people just don't value black people's yeah. like appearance. Mm-hmm. And then from yeah. from then on, it was just it was it's a weird. Everybody has their own um, becoming moment of it, but I would say it wasn't primarily black, but it wasn't primarily white either. It was just primarily different. It was never. Mm. And being mixed, there's always stuff that comes with that too. So right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's interesting. Yeah, but now, <laughs> now I feel like uh, the people who I've remained like closest to are usually pe- mostly people of color because it's just a unique experience that's hard to bond with a ton of people over. But I can't, mm-hmm. like I was also in a white sorority, and while I know that being in a like Greek life itself can be extremely problematic and it definitely affected me in lots of negative ways. I still have white friends from my sorority of right. course and like that's it's yeah. it doesn't negate any of those friendships um just because it's right. a structural problem. So Right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very interesting. Definitely. But yeah, so definitely. I've also found that like as I get older, like I search for more friendships that are of people with the same color skin as me because mm-hmm. that's just another there's a connection yeah yeah 100 a yeah. struggle that we like can relate to no matter what exactly and it's like a universal experience sometimes like even for you mm-hmm. and i of course there's going to be different experiences because you're you're darker and i'm mixed like there's different things mm-hmm. but there's still those comments right. that we receive from people that are probably similar and right. you can be like oh i get it <laughs> like yeah and 100%. instead of having to explain your experience to others yeah and your experience should never be minimized because you're half black like that's just it is ridiculous. yeah it's there's so many, so many, so many nuances. Yes, but I would love to talk to you a little more about like content creation and like your like use your Instagram and everything. Where have yeah. how have you grown it and like what are your goals with it and what do you like about it? The best part about it are the people that I've met. One hundred percent, hands down. Like I've met some people that I literally love with my whole heart and I've literally known them for like six months I don't know how it's even possible but like I've met some amazing friends um through that Instagram that I've been lucky enough to meet in person because a lot of them you know do live in the area um so I definitely think that's the best part and like and the people that I meet like they teach me so much about myself Mm -hmm. it's so amazing like meeting women 
um, who just like appreciate the same things that you appreciate and want women to support women and want women to realize how important they are and how divine they are and how all the traits that you think are negative about yourself are actually so positive and make you you like it's just it's mm-hmm. so beautiful um and I think like I find myself a little bit more every day just from the, kind of the people that I follow mm-hmm. and I don't know I I honestly don't really know how I've grown my Instagram it's kind of I really just kind of just post whatever yeah I'm You're feeling like... when I'm feeling it like I'm very lucky that like I'm not doing it for like a job mm-hmm. like, it's not like my main source of income so I think that I kind of benefit from not having that pressure for sure of of knowing that like I need to I need this many people to like my posts or share my posts or you know whatever that may be um that that is hard and I can't imagine doing that um but I just kind of post whatever I feel like posting and and that's the best type of Instagram it once it stops being fun it gets scary yeah yeah once once you put like the money into it I feel like it's I mean, I know it's a job for a lot of people, but it's just fun for me. (laughs) Are you – so in terms of your full-time job of being a nurse and like you're in grad school to be a nurse practitioner, where did – I know you said your mom is a nurse. Is that why you decided to go into it? Yeah, it totally is. She'll love to say that Um, she inspired me (laughs) and she totally did though. She – she just worked so hard to like support our family growing up and she always come back with stories about et cetera, et cetera, just saving lives pretty much. And I just thought that was so cool. And I remember in high school, she helped me um, get this like internship at a hospital where I got to shadow different um, like healthcare professionals, whether it was nurses or surgeons or researchers, et cetera. Um, and I totally fell in love with it. And she just loved her job so much. And I wanted to have a job that I love so much where I got to help people and help people. You know, it's like some of those, a lot of those people, it's like the scariest and worst days of their lives that you're like there to be a light for them. And that's such a beautiful thing. So yeah, I love my job. She actually works in the operating room. Um, We work at the same hospital, actually. That's the cutest (laughs) thing ever. in the operating room and I work in the recovery room so like I get her patients not all not all the time but like I see her at work at least once a week which is so funny or like I'll see her in the hallway and she'll like stop me in the hallway and be like so whoever she's with oh guys have you met my daughter (laughs) or I'll like meet people that know way too much about me because all they talk about at work is their kids of course like, oh my god, I remember your prom photos. Or like, oh, <laughs> the craziest thing. That is the cutest yeah. thing ever. Oh my it's, god, I love it's it. cute. <laughs> I love it. So, is so why did you decide to take the next step to become a nurse practitioner? Um, I decided to become a nurse practitioner because I think it's so important for people of color to see other people of color in that role Mm. Um, because I mean I could go on about this pretty extensively but people of color I don't think feel in a lot of spaces especially in like um, underserved populations and like 
Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. No, you're good. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Underserved populations are like um, predominantly black areas, or anything. yeah, predominantly yeah. black areas. Like they don't either trust their providers or they there's a lot of statistics so that they don't see their their primary care providers. It's not there's a lot of reasons and structural factors to that rather than them just not going to the doctor because they don't want to go to the doctor. Um, so I just want to be someone that like they can those people of color, of minorities, of underserved populations can trust to care for them and give them the best care that they need to, you know, hopefully help them live better, healthy lives, you know, prevent hospitalizations. And it all stems from that. I think I, I'm pretty sure that I want to go into primary care um, because I think that is like the backbone of the healthcare system. So I just want, yeah, I just want people that don't feel like they're getting the care that they need, who aren't getting the care that they need to know that they can have a provider that they can trust, that looks like them, that mm-hmm. believes them, trusts in them. And, you know, it's so important. I mean, there's so many disparities yeah. in healthcare, whether it's like Black women's maternal mortality rate or distrust yeah. in doctors and just sort of like not believing people or like that study that shows that doctors think that Black people have like a higher pain tolerance and yeah. that type of thing that are what? exactly that are really scary. So for you to be like a beacon of light, hopefully for those people, like is so important. Right. Like even this week when I saw a black gynecologist as opposed to mm-hmm. like a white one it yeah, was how'd that go? it went well it went well she was like so nice to me and so calm the doctor's office because her sister is like her assistant and the office she had afro beats playing she only had <laughs> she had oprah magazine Amazing. pictures yes. of black women on the wall like it was yes. um, it was yes, so good amazing. Yeah, so it's like that type of thing that just makes you feel more comfortable in the space. And like, that's a big game changer for people who've felt like marginalized when they're in health spaces, you know? Right. Or even like statistics or people that say that like, for example, like hyper, like a risk factor for hypertension is being African-American or a risk factor for obesity is being African-American. Like that's just false. <laughs> that right. is just so false. And it's totally deeper than that. It's structural. It the is risk nothing factor to do with their racism. race. The race is not a risk, risk, risk factor. Yeah. Like, racism just, is a risk factor. <laughs> but actually. Yeah. <laughs> so that just that type of thing like just infuriates me and I just I need to minimize that in the healthcare space and that's just my goal hopefully one day I can do that you're doing it and you're already building a lot of representation into health and wellness right now which is great with your content and you're already a black nurse which is a big deal and you're going to be a nurse practitioner and you're going to keep helping so many people and I'm very proud to know you for that so um a question I also like to ask is what is one resource that has sort of helped you learn exponentially whether it's about your career or about your personal life or about just like your health and wellness journey is it weird that I would say that Instagram has been my resource totally not weird very very valid 
yeah, look, I've just, I feel like I'm constantly stumbling upon either new accounts that help me grow or someone will share a podcast and I will just, and I'll find that podcast and listen to like, like even the other day I was, what podcast was I listening to? It was the Almost 30 podcast, mm-hmm. which I am now obsessed with. Um, but I feel like people are always sharing new information. Like, I feel like people who think that they can't find information on what they're looking for, like, that's just so false because there's so much information on the internet. And Instagram has really just helped me find things that I never would have found before that could help me grow in the healthcare space or in the wellness space or if I want to learn more about literally anything. Truly. You can find it on like you can choose what you take in on Instagram. That's I true. feel like my personal, I don't know if you have a personal Instagram, mm-hmm. but I haven't been online in a long time in like months. Me neither. And I that's because it used to be such a negative space. But my balance by crystal Instagram is like the most positive space where I learn so much about others and myself and it leads me to more information too. So it's amazing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The personal Instagram, I just remember always feeling like a sense of frustration and like comparison anytime I'd open it for like having my own little area where it's like I actually like everyone I follow and I look forward to their stories and I look forward to that is such a game changer. So huge fan. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Huge. You got to create that for yourself. In your exactly. Life, so. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's been like one of the best things I've done in 2020. <laughs> Truly. I mean, it has. It's it's helping so many people. So I do want to be cognizant of time. So I love to do a rapid fire like set of oh. questions and the episodes okay. usually. And then my final question, which is um, – you're too smart for X. So think about that as we get started. Um, but so are you down to start some rapid fire question? Let's do it. Fabulous. Okay. <laughs> appetizers or dessert? Ooh, appetizers. I love nachos. I get them wherever I go. I love a good appetizer. <laughs> um, Instagram or TikTok? I don't have a TikTok, so Instagram. Oh, wow, girl. You're too busy for a TikTok, to be honest. <laughs> I'll say that. I, um, I think TikTok is a scary place, and I don't want to dive in. I don't want to dive in there. <laughs> it's a lot. I'll say that. Um, okay. Favorite TV show of all time? Oh, of all time? Oh, that's really hard. I don't know. I know. I'm currently I'm currently rewatching The Hills. Oh, okay. All right. I'll take <laughs> I it. I love The Hills. <laughs> it's tough. That's what I can think of. Um, How I Met Your Mother, though. I love How I Met Your Mother. I, have, I could watch that over and over again a thousand times. I've never seen and I need to see it. <gasps> I have so many oh. of like the cult classic comedy shows like I yeah. just haven't mm-hmm. seen. And I know I need to, but I'm like, scared to start new ups, new shows to be honest right because they also have like 10 seasons so you're like devoted mm-hmm. it's like a lot um okay. yeah it's a lot <laughs> and you don't have time for that <laughs> okay favorite po- favorite podcast too smart for this podcast oh that's too sweet i appreciate it. 
<laughs> um, most important self-care practice. I think my like 30 minutes of coffee and silence. Mm. Wow. Like, I just kind of take, when I wake up, I just, I don't look at my phone and I just like sit with my morning coffee for like 30 minutes. That's all you need. But that is like sacred to me. That is really sacred. next level. Like I yeah. never do that. I always have to have something happening and it's probably messing with my brain. No, like I, I will set my alarm, like, like I'll set my alarm to wake up, but then I'll like back time at 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that I have my 30 minutes. I feel you. No, I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I, I like to set the alarm like an hour before I actually need to get up so that I can have oh, yeah. slow, a slow awakening. Slow awakening. Like yeah. you do snooze a couple of times. Yeah. Are you a snoozer? <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> and if my boyfriend's like, over. And if my boyfriend, yeah. like, that man cannot get out of bed, like he's physically, like he, he, he needs like three oh, hours. No. It's actually unhinged. Oh no. And so he'll just be laying in bed and I've been up for two hours and it's 9am and he'll just be laying there and he, it's like pain. Like it's painful for him to get, I'm like, are you okay? Like you need to get yours. Are you good? Exactly. What time does he get out of bed? Like I have Literally. a friend whose boyfriend doesn't get out of bed until like 11. That's like, I don't think I could. I could. That's insane. That's insane. But I'm also like, I wake up at like 6 a.m. I'm, I'm, same. I'm a little, okay. Yeah. No, I do too. But when he's over, I probably will wake up at seven, but then I journal and like clean and do everything myself. But yeah. Um, after he wakes up, he needs like a full hour and a half, like to just like live his life. And, to live. and I'm like, okay, <laughs> to you live can... his best life in bed. Literally. And I'm like, all right, well, I've got a job. I need to make the bed <laughs> in order to feel like I'm. Able to start, start my day. <laughs> so I'm gonna need you to get out of here. I don't know what he does when he's not here, and I don't want to know. Oh my god, you would not. And he up. just like he just moved to the city, right? Mm -hmm. He just moved here. How's that going? It's going well. Um, oh, I'm very proud of us, and like yeah, we made the decision. Long distance. Yeah, we made the decision That's that amazing. when we were gonna be together, we were gonna be really present. And I feel like we've succeeded at that so far. It's only been a few weeks, but I mean, that's amazing. That's what I really wanted, and it's yeah. nice. But that's um, amazing, good for you guys. Thank you. And so then, <laughs> the last question for you is: finish this sentence with something you want young people to know. You are too smart for letting other people dictate your worth. Ooh. Oh, that one's a good, that's a good one, period. Yes, period. you said that so well. <laughs> nobody dictates your worth. Okay, thank no, you. nobody. So thank you so much for this. I love hearing from you. I love your account. Where can everyone find you if they want to keep up with you? Um, so on Instagram, it's balanced by crystal with mm -hmm. a K and a Y and an L-E at the end. <laughs> Okay, fabulous. I'll have it all linked down below. And thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.